0: County Housing Authority Board of Commissioners, and uh, we'll start with uh, a roll call and an announcement about how people can participate remotely, if you would, Divi.
1: Would you like me to do the roll call first? Yes, please. So, uh, President Moulton-Peters? Yeah, here. Vice President Rodoni? Here. Supervisor Sackett? Here. Supervisor Lucan? Here. Supervisor Rice. Here. If you are joining us today on Zoom and would like to participate, please use the raise hand icon located on your screen. If you're participating by landline, press, not, press star nine to raise your hand. When it is your turn to speak, your name will be called. After your name is called, you will be prompted to unmute your device or, if you are participating by landline, you will hear that you are unmuted. That concludes the instructions, and I will pass the meeting back to President Moulton Peters. Yeah,
0: Divi, uh, thank you. We did not call the full members of the board. You got the supervisors, but not the residents. So, would you, um, uh, Homer Hall and Sarah Canson, would you call and add them to the record? No, yeah, excuse me. Um, Commissioner Canson? Commissioner Canson. Thank you, Commissioner Hall. <laughs> Thank you, and Thank I'm sorry you. about that. We'll get a complete roster next time. Okay, we will now uh, go to approval of the minutes of uh, March 21st, 2023. Uh, are there any changes? I, mean, I heard there may be some typos, and so maybe we can do some cleanup on typos, but other than that, anything on the substance? Okay, I'm not seeing any... Uh, is there a public comment on the, mission, on the minutes?
2: President Mont peters there are no speakers in the queue.
0: Thank you. Okay. I'd entertain a motion to approve uh, with some small uh, spelling corrections if needed.
3: I'll move approval of the, of the minutes from the meeting of March 23rd. Second.
0: Thank you. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we'll move now to Board of Commissioners matters and then the Executive Directors report. Any Board of Commissioners matters? My left, looking to my right. nope. all right. Then welcome,
4: Kimberly. We're looking forward to your
0: Executive Director
4: report. Great. Thank you. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Um, I wanted to first start with, we last month we were asked to report the below market rate, the BMR Home Ownership Program demographics. Back to the board. And um, historically, the Housing Authority has not collected demographic information on the BMR program, uh, home ownership. The program has only been concerned with collecting qualifying data, specifically information that that validates the household size, income eligibility, and status as a first-time homeowner. However, going forward, the Home Ownership Department will adjust its annual monitoring process and we will begin to collect and retain voluntary demographic information. This voluntary survey will be mailed out to the current BMR homeowners and it will include a privacy notice and fair housing disclosure. And once this is collected, we will bring it back to the board and be able to provide more information on the demographics of our BMR program. And um, I think this was a good suggestion because it will help us in our uh, furthering, furthering fair housing, doing our outreach for the BMR program as well. So um, we will come back with more information. I wanted to then talk about our public housing quarterly update. I'm gonna start to provide a quarterly update of our public housing 500 unit property properties um, once a quarter. And so this one is during the first quarter of 2023, the public housing staff completed the following activities. And I've just highlighted a few. I've given the full report to you uh, that you should have um, at, at, up there, or you should have with you. Um, over the last three months, our, we have nine maintenance workers, so a maintenance employees. So we have maintenance techs and maintenance um, specialists, and we have a maintenance director. And so we have nine employees, and then we have three folks who work in the office. So I just wanted to let you know who, who's, who's making up all of this work. But in the last quarter, we have addressed 1,268 maintenance work orders. Um, we have have had 34 new families move into our complex. We've done 12 unit transfers, six end of participation. That means someone's moved out um, of the property. Thirty-one vac- We have 31 vacant units right now, um, 25 at Golden Gate Village and six at our senior properties. Uh, we do have, most of the 25 have applicants already identified the units are ready so yeshika our program manager is working with those families to move them in and so that will that number is going to go down shortly Um, we have 400 currently we have 464 families applicants on our golden gate village wait list 450 of those are um one bedroom uh, applicants and then we have 133 applicants on our senior disabled sites. And to, just to remind everyone, that's 500, I'm sorry, it's 200 units that's scattered in five different sites throughout Marin County. So, And then we, we are going to, I, I also want to announce that we are opening our Golden Gate Village public housing wait list as of tomorrow, April 19th. It will be on our website, um, available at our offices, and um, it also is, folks can apply through a portal on our website, Um, and this will be for our three and four family units, three and four bedroom family units at Golden Gate Village. Announcements um, were sent to over 200 organizations, and it has been posted in the Marin IJ and on our website, and we sent out out a letter two weeks ago, and um, we are, are opening it tomorrow. And then we are planning to open it for the two-bedroom units too in the next couple weeks. So that, that's exciting. It's exciting to have an open wait list. And talking about just an open wait list, I want you to know too that as of May 1st, we're opening the wait list for the um, Vivalon. 63 units of, of affordable housing in San Rafael for family. Uh, for, I'm sorry, for seniors. 62 are over. So that's that will be opening May 1st and be on our website as well. Then I wanted to talk about our, our Golden Gate Village revitalization update. We had our third listening session with residents. It was it, and it was titled Lead and Succeed that was held last month on March 23rd. The goal of this session was to determine how to involve more residents in leadership. And in the Golden Gate um, at Golden Gate Village, and to understand what the barriers to their involvement may be. We had seven Golden Gate Village residents were in attendance, including the Golden Gate Village Resident Council board members. Outreach was conducted by our community connectors and our staff. Discussion focused on getting residents involved in the upcoming Golden Gate Village Resident Council elections that will be happening. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, our upcoming listening session that's scheduled for april 27th next week will focus on the development of the resident investment advisory board structure and the composition golden gate village resident council investment fund disbursement discussions will be entirely controlled by this advisory board the work in collaboration working in collaboration with marin housing authority marin county and the Marine Community Foundation, residents will explore various models of community-led participatory grant-making advisory models and identifying potential participants through a county-wide selection process inclusive of the the Golden Gate Village Resident Council. Residents chosen to be part of this advisory board will go through training and education on grant-making. Using the emerging ideas developed in, initial lis- in the initial lis- listening sessions to prioritize the allocation of the investment funds, with the target goal of dispersing up to half a million dollars a year, the initial resident priority funds that are emerging ideas are education, career scholarships and job training, debt forgiveness, wealth creation programs, health and well-being and pathways to home ownership. So again, our next meeting will be held on April 27th at 5:30 at, at our community space in Marin City. The next part of my report is I wanted to just highlight our overhousing of part of our revitalization structure. We started out in January with 87 families of, of being overhoused. We are down to 35 families. We've made a huge, and that's I want to really give a shout out to Yashika. As um, our program manager, she's done a lot of work to really make that happen. We're above our, we're uh, we're exceeding our goal. We have four families that are currently have a Section 8 voucher and are looking. Uh, we do have other units that we're still trying to transfer families to, but we're really getting to a place where uh, the, um, we need one bedrooms. We need twenty six one bedrooms, and so at this point, we're either going to. Um, I mean, we really don't have any place to move family, a lot of the one-bedroom families tell until we get some other units that come available. But this is great success. So really, it's a part of our corrective action plan with HUD, and we're far exceeding our goal. And then I, I want to have a, um, Paul Austin come up, but I, I do want to talk about the last month we had a fabulous grand opening event at, um, at our Golden Gate Village Community Center that we've just opened. Um, many of the Golden Gate Village residents joined in this really great celebration. I want uh, we I really want to appreciate uh, Commissioner Supervisor Eric Lucan and he um, for for joining us with his family on on this day last month, and also Stephanie Moulton Peters and I also and Senator McGuire's office came and and presented and were with us, so I really appreciated that. At this event, Marin Play and Rec Play sponsored a pickleball pop-up event. And uh, this was to introduce the, the fun game of pickleball to uh, residents of Golden Gate Village. And it was a huge success. We've had, through this, we did 70 surveys from, of our residents to find out if people were interested in pickleball and, and also getting our basketball courts resurfaced. And out of these surveys, 89% of the residents responded that they would like to have pickleball courts and have our basketball courts resurfaced in the front of the 100 lots. It's kind of exciting that we are going to be looking into that. Um, Well, we had 11% of our... Our folks surveyed said that they were interested in tennis courts being restored. So while we continue to work with the residents and the Golden Gate Village Resident Council and we work together to upgrade the amenities that are offered to our residents and the community, I have asked Paul Austin, who is the executive director of Marin Play. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know that, Play Moran, to to share more information in this partnership and to share some programs and some ideas. Thanks, Paul.
5: No problem. Thank you, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Take a few minutes to come up here and share with you guys. Um, Paul Austin, Play Moran founder, executive director, also a long-term member of Moran City, and so with Play Moran, I have a huge, like, emphasis on trying to make sure that our community have the proper facilities that they can, you know, love and enjoy. We know that um, the 100-Lot Playground for a very long time have just, you know, I had the skate park there for like nine years, shut it down last year uh, because the wood was rotting. And so as we started to think through and I started talking to some of my partners around what can possibly take place there, this is one of the ones that came through, which was Let's look at pickleball, which is one of the fastest-growing recreational sports right now, right? It's, like, very popular. We have a lot of uh, superstars getting behind it, Steph Curry, Durant, um, and others. But then for me, it's like, how do we continue to beautify the 100 lot? So I have a partner that's willing to come in and say, hey, let's do four pickleball courts, plus let's redo the basketball courts also. Right, It would be a huge, huge step in the right direction. I understand there was a little pushback about it, and so I'm all about listening to the residents and what the residents want. Um, if you know me, you would play Moran. I work with all the kids. I work with parents also. And it's all about access. So one thing about pickleball is so new that only people usually that has resources have access to it. Right, So first time I played it was at the Bay Club in the fall. But now if we create access for kids in our community as well as adults, because from 5 to 85 can play, then it will be one step further to not only joining our community even closer, but then also give them a recreational opportunity that they normally wouldn't have. And so once we get it done, we'll be able to provide classes, which is a huge one. We also will be able to look at how do we rent it out to be able to help put some uh, resources back into the resident's um, in golden gate village also because there's not enough pickleball courts anywhere period hands down but for me it's not just about the pickleball courts it's also about the basketball courts i like to play a lot of basketball but those courts in the 100 lot just they just don't do it for our community and i feel like this could be the first drop in the bucket to making sure that we can get that entire park redone because you know i want to get the play structures done so once we just get this done, then we can move forward. Summer is coming real fast, so hopefully we could push it faster. Hopefully we could push the button and get it done. All right. So any questions? I'm here for it, and you know.
0: Great, Paul. You are there. Questions from the board? I had one. So how are we funding this? Are you looking for funding? What are you doing? I have a funder. You have a fund. I
5: have a funder. Yes.
0: And so we have dates to get this done by, Kimberly? Or how's our unroll here?
4: <laughs> yes, we 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 would love to get our dates set up. We are. Um, that's why we wanted to do a survey. We really wanted to find out what the residents want. And as we refine, as we as Paul did the survey, and we did the survey on our day of our event, we got really great responses. And there were a lot of a lot of families out playing, kids with parents and brothers and sisters. And it was really a fun day. So we are looking. The the funder would like us to really make a commitment because they would like to start getting the courts done as soon as possible, so we can get the we can get it happening before summer and the kids get out June 10th. So we're hoping to get it started before June 10th.
0: Are you bringing this to the board? Is there anything we need to do besides be supportive?
4: Just. Support really, you know. I just wanted to give you an informational. Really, it's not really a board action item. We're not asking for money, or and it, it really it doesn't. Uh, as far as our 106 process, we've checked in through that. It's really not changing anything except cha- painting the surface, and you could always repaint it again to the same surface. And we had the residents choose on different color schemes, and this is the color scheme that people seem to like, kind of bright colors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're we're looking at that, and it would be the basketball court would match, and um, it does feel like a really right step to provide some amenities and some some fun, right, as you first walk into the complex. And so, great, yeah, great. Uh,
0: Paul, yes, so. please. Homer,
6: yes. Um, <clears throat> okay. Who will actually be in charge of this uh, this area? Because the problem that I have is that. We have a baseball field in Moran City that is in the hands of someone else, and which doesn't allow the community to really use, facilitate that facility. So we also spend a lot of time ringing out the recreation center to where it's engaged with people from outside. And the community, you know, there should be some time for the community, you know. Making money is one thing, but then we need to engage our children, too, in Moran City. So it needs to be really, for me, it needs to be clear on the usage and who's in charge. And we say renting it, you know, we need to be reaping the benefits of that in Moran City, Mm
7: -hmm.
6: you know, because, as I said, we've got, you know, a baseball field down there that we are definitely – we don't have any
5: say-so on how that's being used. Well, Real quickly. So, yes, it, it's for Moran City First. I was just saying in downtime, it could be rented. So this will be something, because I'm already lining up people to do classes for youth, elderly, and whomever. So it would be ran by Moran City First or public housing. So, yes, it's just another opportunity. I was just saying we have opportunities. opportunity.
6: I, I, I understand. You're doing a great job of creating opportunities for kids to go on outings, and I commend you for that because that seems to be lacking in our community, and you're doing a job that probably uh, there should be more support for you and your activities and the outings that you're doing for the kids, and I really appreciate it.
5: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Commissioner
7: Ganson. That was what I was going to say is, is just that the Marin City kids have uh, first right of play. And then will you guys just rent? I mean, does this have to? I don't know much about pickleball because I wasn't there. Well, you got to come
5: play. Let me know when you're ready. <laughs>
7: but but, but <laughs> does it have to have, like, nets, like tennis, I mean, or ping pong? And so yes. then you guys will rent them out for the, from the 100 people? Uh,
5: so, so there'll there'll be uh, paddles available. So once the court is up, then the net is is already up. So there'll be paddles available now that you know the 100 lot.
7: It's like a rec center or whatever, center.
5: yeah. Center, uh, another addition center. to a community so. center will be there, so kids could come run out paddles, run out basketball. Sign them out,
7: right. sign
5: them out. Because it's a sport that they could play on their own, and then you know I'm sure there'll be some adults. And then we'll, but we are going to do a bunch of classes, and so there is going to be an app though for like people like me that want to see if there's somebody there to, for me to play with. So I could be like, uh, oh, I'm going gonna, gonna to come play at 1 o'clock. And then Orlando might say, oh, I see Paul going to be down there. I'm going to come too. <laughs>
7: that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, yeah, I like that. I like the colors too. I really like
0: the colors. Fun. Fun. Great. Paul, thanks for your leadership on this. It's looking good. See no you problem. out there on the court. Right. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. We, we, we
4: heard it. Um, and I, I really want to appreciate Paul's leadership. It's exciting, we're, and it's fun, and um, I think it, it's, it's going to make a big impact to make a difference. I'm almost done. And um, so also, as part of our Marin Housing framework, um, I'm thrilled and excited to introduce Orlando Wiggins. And I want Orlando to just sit up for a second here. And... Um, as it, Orlando is our newly hired director of resident services, and Ar- Orlando has been with us um, a few weeks, and he's already making a really huge positive impact um, He's incre- to help us increase our services in, in Golden Gate Village and what we are offering. So I've asked Orlando, Orlando just to share a few thoughts on his vision and role of services he's planning on presenting.
8: Uh, thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, First, let me say, Paul, unfortunately, I got a bad knee, so I will not be out there on pickleball. (laughs) I'll do some coaching, though. Um, Good afternoon, everyone. I'm excited to be a part of uh, Marin Housing Authority and a big part of Marin City. Um, I've been in Marin City since the 80s. I was also, as I mentioned to Kimberly, I was also part of the self-sufficiency program. So I'm just excited to be a part of this uh, team. I'm excited to bring some new exciting uh, trades and activities to uh, our community. Um, I'm just excited overall, and like Kimberly said, I've been running since I got there. Um, We got several programs already ready to come in, Health and Human Services, Community Action Marin, Career Point, Um, and so I'm gonna be doing a lot of job development. I'm also working on a youth in action program for our youth. So I'm going to collaborate with Paul, but he doesn't know that part yet. Um, So I'm really excited to be here. And I appreciate being on camera with a speaker and all of that good stuff. Um, Some of the videos here is of our new setup in the office of 105. So if you have time, please come down and visit. Uh, Here's the pictures of our teen center, which is really nice. It doesn't take away from the rec center, but our teen center is uh, small, intimate. Um, That's the stage. If you guys ever want to do karaoke, um, I think it'll be a good thing for the supervisors to do to unwind. Um, But I'm really excited to be there. I'm excited to be a part of the community, so thank you.
4: Yes, and he's already got college. He's working with College of Marin to try to see if we can have some have College of Marin come and work with us. So it's really exciting what's happening, and I, I just want to thank you for um, for providing us this uh, funding to have really help provide this additional services in Golden Gate Village. Uh, this Saturday, we're having our our uh, on April 22nd. We are in honor of Earth Day. We're gonna, We're hosting the community cleanup day in Marin City in partnership with Performing Stars, the Marin County Sheriff's Office, Marin County Probation Department, the Fire Department of Sausalito and Marin City School Districts, Bay City Refuge and other community-based organizations. Um, This was a wonderful community event we had last year. We cleaned up a lot of space and it was just a fun, um, both the Commissioner Moulton Peters and Eric Luca Commissioner, Commissioner, Eric Lucan was there with us, so it's really fun, and I'd love to see any of you come out um, if you can on Saturday. We'll have food and, and um, just a lot of fun, and it's a great place way to just get to to see the community in the space. Um, we also Felicia with uh, Performing Stars is working with Bridge the Gap, and on Friday afternoon from three to six, they're with the school district. They're also per- doing a a children's uh, art project in, in the afternoon so that'll be fun as well for kids. Um, and then our and I also just wanted to close with our staff has been working really closely with the Golden Gate Village Resident Council on their election process for um, to, uh, for, 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 by, for getting board members for the Golden Gate Village Resident Council. The nomination process has been streamlined this year. We have we've mailed flyers out. We've put posters out throughout the property. I've had um, my executive assistant, um, Christelle, working with the resident council to really help with a lot of to get a lot of this going for them. So it's been I think great. We've put it out in the newsletter. We're really trying to to tap people who we think. And, and the Golden Gate Village resident council members think would be good members to, to bring on. And so we're hoping to have a, a whole new leadership team and we're gonna provide some leadership training with the board. And this is really, I just wanna be clear, this is a resident driven initiative. We're just su- trying to support the resident council as, um, to, as they really are having to, their whole five person board is changing over this year. So the nominations have to be in by the 24th of April. There's a candidate's night on May 8th. And then the elections will happen on May 15th. So just wanted to let, let you know that's all happening. And that concludes my director's report. Questions
0: or comments from the board? Supervisor Sackett.
1: Yep. questions. If you can just, Kimberly, walk through with me the... Um, update, you said 34 new admissions to the complex. Is that MHA-wide, or is that just in Golden Gate Village?
4: Uh, That would be in most, it's mostly all Golden Gate Village, but it is also some of the senior disabled properties as well.
1: Okay. Um, And then the 464 folks on the Golden Gate Village wait list are separate and apart from the 133 on the senior and disabled wait list? Yes. And then just for educational purposes, can you tell me what the process would be for somebody over the age of 62 to get on the wait list on May 1st for those Vivilon units?
4: Sure. It, it is so that's going to be It's, a, it's run by Eden Housing. But we manage the wait list at the housing authority because it's 100 percent project based vouchers. So uh, folks who can either come in to our office and we'll have paper versions of, of the application, or we can go on the website and pull it down, or there's a PDF they can fill out, or people can also go to our web um, sorry to our portal, and uh, and they'll fill out an application on our our portal that's all on our website and do they need to have
1: filled out the application before May 1st or they can't apply until May 1st? They can't apply until May 1st. That's when it opens. And is there anything that a person needs to do to be prepared for that May 1st application? Any sort of thing
4: they need to go through or No. Happens? It's a and it's a very simple application process, so it really is will will ask income and address and information, but There's really no verification of anything until we pull up, pull people up. But they do need to be low income, and over 62. Those are the really the main requirement, the only requirements. There's no residency requirement. No. There's a preference for uh, if you are a resident, if you're resident or you living in Marin or and and or working in Marin. Thank you. Did I say that right?
0: Comments or questions? Yes, Commissioner
4: Canson. The May 1st is for the one bedrooms? The, the May 1st is, is for uh, v- Vivalon. Oh, okay, Vivalon. And I believe all of those are one bedrooms.
7: Yes, for the senior. So, so senior you pro- know, You said a couple of weeks for the one and two bedrooms. So, do you know when?
4: So that's yes. Yeah, this is exciting to have a pro- issue with too many waitlists open. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we uh, our, our our Golden Gate Village resident, uh, our Golden Gate Village public housing waitlist will open tomorrow. Right. But so that will be, two- and that will be for three and four bedrooms, and then we'll open the two bedrooms up in um, in about in another two weeks, or so.
7: So you don't know when? Okay. Because originally you said you were going to open them all up at the same time. So that's why I'm wondering.
4: You know what? We, we, um, we always intended to just open the three and fours, but we didn't do a great job of communicating that. But that is what our intention was because of the need. Uh, and then as we, we've been able to house a lot of families in the twos, that we are now looking at needing to open the two bedrooms as well. We, so, do, we won't be opening the one bedrooms because we have so many people on the wait list right that's now. That's what I wanted yeah. you
7: to make clear is that that's why you're not opening up the one bedrooms because you have so many people on the wait list, right? Yes. That need to be transferred over to that, right? For overhoused? Yes. Okay. So then you'll be opening two bedrooms within the next couple of weeks? Yes, we will. So then at the next meeting you can report back, okay, we open the two bedrooms? Gotcha. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you.
6: Yes. Thank you. I have a question. Yes. So what... has happened to the uh, returning residents from past. What's happening with that wait list or how is that processing? I mean, you know, I'm thinking, you know, that uh, as we open up this wait list and we're getting an influx of people, you know, uh, for me, it seems as if there should be a pathway for the people who prior to living in Marin City, people of color, to move back to Moran City. Where is that going? And then what type of effort is being put into that? Because that's really something that's key to to uh, the history of Moran City.
4: Thank you for saying that, Commissioner Hall. We absolutely agree with you. And um, on the agenda, we're asking for your approval today to look at that preference. And then if it does get approved, it will be part of this opening of the wait list and people will get a preference for coming, uh, who used to live in, in Golden Gate Village and want to return. Thank you. Before
0: I open it up to public comment, Kimberly, I just want to compliment you and your whole team. This executive director report shows so much effort on all of your parts to really move things forward. We've been talking about a number of these initiatives and changes over time. You're making them happen, and it really shows. So my compliments, I am really proud of what you're doing out there, and I just wanted to register that. And I wanted to compliment you also on the newsletter with the feature of Orlando, Welcome Orlando. But that is full of great articles. I hope the residents find them useful. I certainly found it very newsy. Uh, So anyway, just great job all the way around. Thank you. Thank you. With that, I'd like to open for public comment. I think I, I I know I saw Royce's hand uh, up earlier online. There's a few others, but this is comment on the executive director's report. We'll have general public comments uh, at the end in just a couple of items. Uh, Anything, Damon? Yes. Ever the gentleman.
9: (laughs) Hi, I'm Marguerite Moriarty again. Um, I have a couple questions. Um, One is, um, I think you said that there's 500 units. Is that correct? Yeah. And nine maintenance workers, are those new hires, or is that for the whole 500 units, Nine, nine maintenance people? Is that correct?
0: Why, Marguerite, why don't you go ahead and ask all your questions that you want to know, so we won't have back and forth. Just go ahead and tell us what you'd like to know. And so we'll be... I'd like to know if, for the 500 units, are
9: there nine maintenance people, and are they all new hires, or are they, you know, some new hires? And, um, and then I also would like to know about the below market rate, those uh, units, if I understood Kimberly correctly. Um, that Marin Housing Authority has not kept that data. So my question is, can you go back and, you know, restore that data? I'm interested to know what's happening with those below-market rate uh, units. Um, And uh, I also want to reiterate my sentiments that I gave to you all this morning about 825-DRAKE, and I just um, feel strongly that uh, you could do the right thing. And um, that developer does not belong there. I don't care if it's Gregorian or Pacific. Um, and there are a lot of people in Marin County, Ross Valley, San Anselmo, that feel the same way because
0: I'm talking to people and I'm going to continue to talk to people. Thank you. We'll get those questions answered. Damien, please
10: good afternoon welcome mr wiggins um homer that's a great question um that you asked and i would appreciate i humbly ask of you that you inquire with uh mha um, about the the many black folks applications that were thrown away that were torn up uh there's someone in mha that that has uh acknowledged the ripping up of black applicants black families into mha so I hope that you can ask about that too. What they're going to do about that process, the civil rights violation? Excuse me. Um, last month I brought your attention uh, the the BMR issue. Um, you know, it, collecting data. First of all, that data is there. That document you could you would produce that document if you wanted to, but you know that document that I'm I'm asking is it could be a, it's an ugly document based on the access. The marketing, collecting data is a part of it, but how you've marketed BMRs in certain neighborhoods, Black folks are in BMRs in, in Hamilton, Black folks have access to BMRs in Marin City. But communities like Lock Loman and others it's not, about, it's not about data collection, it's about how you market those, also civil rights violations. you know. It's funny that white folk, you think that you're the only ones that like to live by water and mountains, but uh, you're not. So that data, I'm asking again if I can get that document about what the BMRs across Moran who lives where. I don't need names. Thank you. Ms. Ms. Rice asked for that data also last month. I got your email. But it still does not suffice of my question of what the BMRs look like a cross Moran. how you market those. How will you market it going forward? Not just data collection. How will you market those BMRs going forward? Um, I'm, I'll, I'll finish up here. Lock Loman, I've been there many times. I was there last week. I can guarantee you there's not one black family living there because you don't market those to black people.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Uh, seeing no one else in the chambers, we're going to go to online public comment. I see three hands.
2: The first speaker is Chris Brown, please unmute.
11: Hi, Chris Brown, Inverness, and a member of Friends of Golden Gate Village. My comment is about attachment three of the ED report, the Golden Gate Village newsletter. The last page has the monthly calendar. You'll see that the meetings for residents to meet with maintenance staff are unfortunately not included in the calendar or newsletter. This may seem trivial, but I think it's important. Back in January at this commissioner's meeting, MHA announced twice monthly meetings Thursday at 10 a.m. for residents and members of the public to meet with maintenance staff. It showed MHA's commitment to address maintenance and repair concerns and to include residents. MHA also introduced the newsletter and calendar at that meeting. However, there's no way to tell from the newsletter or calendar that Mike Cutchen, Director of Facilities, is there to discuss concerns. It is now listed as only, quote, coffee with MHA, and for only one Thursday a month. All residents should know about these meetings with Mike, which are informative and helpful. Again, you may think this is a small detail. I think it's an important one. At each of the five meetings held so far, this detail was brought to MHA's attention in person and in writing, but the March and April newsletters did not improve. This is an easy fix that should not, but does need
2: your attention. Thank you. The next speaker is Eva, please unmute.
12: Um, Thanks so much. Um, The first thing I wanted to say is, it was my understanding that by law, um, you were required to maintain demographic data on the BMR, um, on, on all those BMR projects. So I, I, think, I think there has to be data. You can't, you can't simply say, we didn't collect data. Uh, somebody earlier, I think it was Mr. Morgan, mentioned um, that black people do like to live uh, by the water and I just wanted to uh, provide a book recommendation Uh, Andrew Carl's The Land Was Ours, How Black Beaches Became White Wealth in the Coastal South. Um, It traces a history of how black beachfront properties and black uh, farms that were on the water all the way from the Chesapeake Bay into Los Angeles uh, County, um, how uh, how those properties were improperly seized. I mean, they were basically just stolen um, from black families uh, because white people decided that suddenly they wanted to live um, by the water, which actually had been uh, less um, attractive at an earlier part of the country's history. Um, and it's, it's a really, really important book, but the last, uh, one, of the, one of the histories in that book is the history of Bruce's Beach, which as many of you know, uh, was recently uh, returned to the descendants they made the decision that they wanted to sell the property once it was returned to them, and that was their choice. Uh, they, they preferred to, be, to use the money in other ways. Uh, but that sort of potential for Marin City, I think there is a larger land claim. It's implied in the Wisley letter. Uh, so I just wanted to provide that as a little context. Uh, the, the book is The Land Was Ours, uh, How Black Beaches Became White Wealth in the Coastal South. It's by Andrew Carl. Thank you for your time.
2: The next speaker is Ann Devera rosenfeld please
13: unmute. Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, My name is Ann Devera rosenfeld and I'm a friend of Golden Gate Village. Um, I have a question about Section 8 vouchers. As you're giving these out to people who are overhoused, do they get support in terms of trying to find places that these vouchers can be used um, in Marin? And is there any way that people are track? are you tracking where people go when they're given a Section 8 voucher? So are they forced to exit the county because they can't find any place to live in Marin? So I'd appreciate um, some information about that.
2: President Mullen-Peters, there are no additional speakers in the queue.
0: Thank you. Kimberly, I'm going to bring it back to you now to see if you'd like to respond to some of the questions, all the
4: questions that were asked today. Sure. Yes. Um, so I, I do want to confirm we do have 500 units of public housing. 300 are in Golden Gate Village, and then 200 are scattered throughout the rest of Marin. And we have nine maintenance workers. We they are not new. We have nine um, a staff of nine. We do have some who have been here many years, some have been here a few years. And then we do have, out of that nine, I, I, we have a couple that are extra higher that are not permanent employees that are helping us with grounds maintenance and picking up litter and um, pick, you know just doing some outside exterior work. But there are nine employees. Uh, with the BMR data, I, I have to be honest, I was I, as shocked as um, also that I thought, you know, Creating, getting data of demographics of race was something that would have been gathered because we do for all of our HUD programs, but because this is not a HUD program, it is not something that is part of the um, loan application process that happens through the BMR program. So we don't have the demographics of race. We, we know where the BMRs are, we know everything else about the BMR programs and the loans, and people um, have restri- restrictions on them as far as the, um, the deed restrictions, all of that. We just don't know the race. So we have some, but we, it was just very, um, we don't have a, a database that caught, gathered that. So we are, as I said, those are going to be going out. with the, We have an annual monitoring we're doing, and um, the, the program manager for the home ownership program is sending out that um, that questionnaire. So we will be able to give clear data on which cities have which type. You know who's living in which city. So we will have that information, but we really just don't. I'm not withholding something that I that we have. It's not there. Um, As far as our maintenance meetings, we are holding those maintenance meetings in the community twice a month, and uh, through the last meeting that came out uh, um, that that was held, we have in Orlando has created a a new flyer that we will be sending out to all the residents, making sure residents know about it, and we have made a a change to our May newsletter that clarifies a little more on what that actually is, because that is... a. It was a good statement. That's not clear. Marin, coffee with Marin housing was not um, was not enough detail. So we will be providing that. Um, and with the Section Eight vouchers of people moving out of Golden Gate Village, um, yes, we have a housing navigator that helps folks find housing, and um, we do know where people go. And 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 um, I believe. The majority of people, I don't know the exact number, that are staying in Marin County. We have had a few people who have poured it out, but most folks are staying in Marin in Marin County. Some in Marin City and, and others are finding places. You know, in Tiburon, we had, uh, we've, got, we've got folks all over the place. So we can give that information to um, anyone who would like that.
14: Yeah, just a quick follow-up, Kimberly, thank you. On the um, BMR program, so did you say that as part of the annual monitoring you are going to ask for that kind of demographic data around race ethnicity etc or that and and if you are going to ask for it is that something that you can require or is it optional for folks to provide
4: it's it's optional for people it's going to be a voluntary questionnaire
14: okay and and so presumably you'll get some responses and you'll have a sense of in terms of that total map of our bmrs that are out there we'll start to fill in some of that data that doesn't exist right now you're saying
4: yes that's correct
14: and then um on the section 8 vouchers and that question of porting out and i know the question was maybe specific to our um golden gate village residents that are getting them i just um i think that's really good to track on obviously and you do uh, where, where folks are, are landing and I just want to just share with the rest of the commission um, going back maybe 10 years our, our larger pool of section 8 vouchers generally we had a lot of folks porting out of the county uh, we had a lot of folks with section eight vouchers who couldn't find uh, any place uh, in, in Marin or elsewhere, and that is when between the Board of Supervisors and the Housing Authority started adding these positions, the Housing Navigators, the Landlord Partnership Program, to really aid in expanding the pool of um, opportunities here in the county and also really helping people stay in the communities um, that they, they, they wanna land in with those vouchers. So. Um, frankly, it's a much different picture today than it was ten year, mm-hmm. ten plus years ago in terms of choice and opportunity, and folks being able to stay uh, within the communities a- and the county. So, I just wanted to share that. Thank you.
4: Thank you.
0: We, Royce Mclemore has raised her hand, and we did not capture her in the earlier comments. So, I'd like. Oh, to- and
14: then just one fall. I'm sorry. Please I'm hurry. So sorry. Yep. Yeah, the um, marketing piece, um, I do wish, um, Kimberly, I think it would be great for your you to circle back and, or appropriate staff and share what, share with us what the marketing program is, how we get information out to residents, and it's always good to take a look at those kinds of communications plans and making sure we don't have blind spots, mm-hmm. and frankly, are making sure to hit those communities that may not have had the exposure before. So um, I think that'd be a great thing to bring back to us as well. Thank you.
4: Okay. we Will
14: do. <laughs> Could we have
0: uh, Royce McLemore now?
2: Royce McLemore, please unmute. Thank you, Stephanie.
15: Uh, quickly, uh, the resident council initially, uh, as well as, uh, Barbara Bogard, participated in that uh, displacement policy. And that policy came about because there were two ex-Housing Authority employees under deposition, meaning the truth, telling the truth, that black uh, applications were destroyed. This was a way to try to right that wrong. When we sat and created the, the, the policy It was supposed to have been when the waiting list was open, everybody would be that new preference would receive the new preference. However, last week we found out that in fact, no, and there's some sort of trickery behind only the two bedrooms. And if you listen to what Kimberly said, she said in two weeks or so, then the last thing, yeah, in, around, and about. Nothing very just specific, but Initially, it was for everybody, everybody, when the list was open, never said either that that list of what okay. 400 or whatever is on that list, that they would be that they would receive the, the preference, the 15 uh, point preference when it opens up tomorrow. This is another ploy to make sure that people who should be there are not on that list. Lastly, uh, for right now, is also the, the tennis courts. They did say that they were, uh, there was a poll that went around, but it only went around for the pickleball slash basketball. Why didn't it go around for the tennis court slash basketball? We need our, and again, but it's another slap in the face, somebody making money off of the residents
2: of public housing. Okay. All, speakers, all, speakers in
0: the queue. all right. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to move on now to our next agenda item waiting list preferences.
4: I have asked Kathleen Wyatt, our Director of Housing Operations, to talk about this item for us. Good afternoon. Um,
16: yes, we uh, are. Would like to revise our admissions and continued admissions and continued occupancy policy for waiting list preferences for the Golden Gate Village waiting list. Um, As we've been speaking about, it's going to include this uh, new bringing families back preference. Um, HUD allows public housing agencies to add local preferences. Those local preferences have to be consistent with the annual plan, as well as the county's consolidated plan. And it has to be based on local housing needs and priorities as determined by the housing authority. So we did meet with the resident council, and we worked with them to define this new preference. And it would be that um, the previous, people who have previously resided in Golden Gate Village, Uh, on a lease, so they had to have been named on a lease, that would be adults and former children on a lease who want to return to the community. Uh, So if they want to come back, they would get 15 points as a preference when when the waiting list is open. The other revisions are that we want to change the veteran preference from previously it was only one point and we want to make it 10 points and that was something that the Golden Gate Village members, Golden Gate Village Resident Council members brought up as something that was important to them. And we also are removing the witness protection preference only because it's already available under the Housing Choice Voucher waiting list. So in order to implement these revisions, we opened it up for public comment for 45 days. We met, as I said, with the Resident Council. We also met with the Resident Advisory Board We sent the proposed revisions out to um, Fair Housing as well as legal action of Marin, uh, legal aid of Marin. And uh, we only got a comment back from Fair Housing, but they agreed with what we did. They didn't have any um, problem with it. Um, We had it open for uh, public comment um, through the Marin IJ. It was posted in the Marin IJ and on our website. So... um, Do you want me to read the, so, you have it, but, so, as I said, bringing families back, preference, former residents of Golden Gate Village who were previously on a lease as verified by MHA records or Golden Gate Village resident council board members. That's because our records only go back to about 1998 um, reliably. So we know that we can rely on Golden Gate Village resident council members and their knowledge of former residents to tell us if if those people were indeed on a lease in Golden Gate Village. And and then those who want to move back to Golden Gate Village.
4: And I just want to add, uh, this was part of our Marin Housing uh, Authority framework that we approved back in November that we wanted to bring this, to make this happen. So we are making it happen. Um, We are. it will be affected anybody who's currently on the wait list, so all the 464 people who are currently on the wait list will be notified that this will have been adopted if it becomes adopted, and then they will get these extra points, so in essence, they will come to the top of our wait list. Anyone new coming in will also be getting this, so as we open our three and four tomorrow, they will get this, and then anyone open, when we open the two bedroom in a couple weeks, those folks will also get it. So everyone will be actually taking advantage of it if it does get passed today.
0: So it is retroactive is what you're saying? Yes, yes.
4: Yes.
16: And the only reason that there is some hesitation about the opening of the two-bedroom waiting list is because it requires 10 business days announcement, and we just have to make sure that we announce it properly before we can open that waiting list. So as I said, it'll be definitely sometime in May. Um, but we have to, I don't wanna say exactly the date until I can get those announcements out.
0: And, and just, I, I'm gonna open for questions from the board, but I just have a quick one. So, how many points total are, do you get? Or I, I guess I just don't understand how, what, what, what do these points, are there other points you can get too?
16: Yes, you can get eight points if you're uh, working full time or in a training program. Um, I think you have it as an attachment. Yeah.
0: But and so beyond these attachments, are are these points on top of other points that aren't here? No, no, these so are the d- points. Okay, great. That's what I wanted to know. Uh, other questions?
14: Anyone? Homer
0: down there? Uh, here, Sarah. Yeah. Yes, please, Homer.
6: Um, so, I, I, what I would like to see on this preference list that they bring in the points is how about a one for one? And I say this is. As we bring in a new tenant, we bring in an old tenant, former tenant. And this I say this because I don't want to see African Americans excluded from this because as we continue to see this open, we seem to not be very high up on the list. And so somehow it takes us longer to get in, you know, than – Probably the normal process, simply because we haven't been on the list that long. But with the returning residents, I think it would it would kind of balance out if we had one for one, and at least an attempt. If they qualify, to be on it, that as we bring in a new tenant, we bring in an old tenant, and and I think this will, for me, is to continue to perpetuate the history of Golden Gate Village and the African-American public in Moran City. because, And I only say this because as I'm living and watching this, and I've been here most of my life, is I remember when Moran City was thought of as wasteland and only black people could live there. Now it's almost like a crown jewel. It's everybody's trying to move there. And so what we have is a, situa- a situation that, Probably nobody's paying attention, but I'm paying attention. Is gentrification has come in the form of market rate rent? There's no low income other than Golden Gate Village, or medium income people can afford to live in Marin City. And I never thought I would see that. Hmm. So we need to be aware of what's going on. The realtors and this uh, developers. Marin City seems the only place that nobody complains about being built up, you know. So nobody's concerned with the density level there or what's going on. But outside in other places, you know, there's an uproar. People don't want to be built. So there's a problem here that needs to be addressed, and it's bigger than just this little bitty part. We need to focus on the big picture and see what's really going on.
0: Thank you, Homer. Let's take that request back. Yeah, you want to respond? and then Sarah, I'll get to you.
4: Uh, yes, I can respond to the the part about the waitlist. Um, unfortunately, the the way the waitlist is set up, Commissioner Hall is. Um, I always get this a little wrong, but um, it, it's by lottery. So if um, you know, like, it, if we need, if we have a one bedroom that's open, we'll go to our wait list and we have to uh, look at the points. Who has the highest amount of points? So in this case, if if we're gonna add somebody to, and then we're gonna give them a, this uh, fa- family's moving back preference, they'll they'll have 15 points. So they'll go above my someone who doesn't have that. And even though the other person could have been on the wait list longer, there the the points trump the 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 time someone's been on the program. So there's no way that we could do a, a you know there's no way that we can take one person that has been on the list and then a new person who's coming on from this new preference because the way the wait list is ma- is set up the we there's just no way. Am I saying that? Am I explaining that? Does that make sense? Because. The, the wait list is really, you have to manage it very closely, and we have to just, we just pull people based on the unit that we have and look at their preferences, and then we take those top people. So we can't really do a, you know, make any other kind of decisions other than how the wait list is scheduled. But they
0: would come in with this... 15 point preference which is higher than any of the others So,
4: So Mm -hmm. anybody who's getting this preference will come to the top but what what I heard Commissioner Hall asking is like could we take somebody who's already on the wait list so a one for one one of the new people one of the and and there isn't any way we can do that unless they just happen to come to the top because there's not a lot of people with this high preference who um, for that bedroom size And, and I can clarify that more later if you want
0: but it could happen that you would have several people with this preference that all of a sudden are at the top of the list, right?
4: Absolutely, and yes. Who,
0: if the units are available, would be uh, admitted or, or given units right away?
4: I think that that's gonna happen. Mo- most of the people who are coming to the top of the list will have this preference. But we, it, the one for one, I, I, can't, I don't know how to, to do that structurally with the way our wait list is managed.
0: And are we getting the word out to, uh, I don't know, through other housing authorities that people can move back? Could you say a little bit about how you're marketing this?
16: Um, Yes, the announcement for the waiting list actually went out to over 200 uh, community organizations and housing authorities and press releases, um, Marin IJ, San Francisco Chronicle. um, So the the announcement for the waiting list uh, opening went to that
0: all the things you yeah. said earlier yeah thank you commissioner kansen did you have another question so so did we when we did the announcement did
7: we give it out to uh give a bunch of flyers to the resident advisory council for them to hand out or put them in door-to-door you know how you put the little plastic sleeves on door-to-door so that if people had relatives that had moved out that were on the waiting list they know that they can reapply because i know that's how we typically in uh Supervisor Rice's district, um, like we talked about, my father moved into Victory Village, and that's how we got the notification. They put those flyers right on every single door in Golden Gate Village, so that's how we knew that we could apply for that for our family members. So I'm wondering, is that an avenue that you use? Because to me, that's a very useful avenue if you get people that are right there. If they have family members that want to move back, that would be the easiest way of them making sure their family members get on that list. And then the other thing is... Are children under 18 actually
16: um, on the lease, or? Well, they're listed as a household member, so we can verify that they're okay. a part of it, Okay, okay. Yes. Um, but yes, we haven't done the door-to-door, but the, the announcement did go to Women Helping All People and several other Marin City but perhaps organizations. Perhaps you can get
7: the community connectors, like, uh, uh, you know, and, and Ebony, maybe, to put them door-to-door so that everybody knows and those people can get them out to their family members.
4: Yes, that's a great idea. So we, we will make sure that it gets out to the residents so they can let family members know. Thank you. Yeah. Second. So I have a question on the working
1: school preference. The last line of that section um, so it says this preference is automatically extended to elderly families and, and just wondering what elderly means in that context or a family whose head or spouse is receiving income based on their permanent disability. If you can just provide a little bit of context at what you're trying to get at there.
4: Yes, with um, with working or school, we uh, there's an automatic for people who are disabled or a senior. Because in essence, we it's to not exclude anyone um, who we didn't want to give a working or school to somebody um, so it is, uh, it's a way with the fair housing uh, many years ago we didn't want to tell fam- seniors that they couldn't get the working or school if they weren't in working or school so automatically if you're disabled you automatically are going to get that or if you're a senior and how are you defining elderly? Oh, it's, it's, 62, it's federal uh, federally, from the federal programs it's 62 or older so anyone 62 or older gets that automatic preference Thanks.
0: All right, Kimberly, you are looking for a motion for us. Oh dear, did I call for public comment? I don't think I did. And I see two hands, so let's go to public comment online. I don't see anybody in the chambers except for Damien, who's here. So uh, Damien, any comments before we go to online? Okay, all right, let's go online.
2: The first speaker is George McLemore, please unmute.
15: Okay, uh, number one of uh, the press releases, is this is where we, uh, last Monday, the Women Helping All People nor the uh, GGBRC received a notice. We didn't know how they did the switcheroo as it relates to the, the waiting list. Stim, uh, Kimberly stands to be corrected on date on a lottery for public housing. It is not a lottery, that's section eight. Public housing in accordance to the ACOP is that their application is date and time and that's how they are, are, they are chosen. As it relates to what Homer was saying, it's called disparate impact. And if you know a good land use civil or civil um, um, civil rights attorney, then a lawsuit definitely needs to be uh, filed against the county of Marin because black people are the protected pla- class in Marin County and what they are doing and have done and doing and plan on doing some more is to, it's called disparate impact, force black people out by 825 and what is being proposed for um, giving a couple of weeks or whatever uh for the, the waiting list for public housing again lastly my 25 seconds this is not what we agreed upon uh where Bogard was at the meeting when in fact it was everybody that was on that list or going forward that was to receive that preference doesn't make sense in what you, how they're trying to uh you know, trick people for the two bedrooms. Thank you.
2: The next speaker is Anne Deborah Rosenfeld. Please unmute.
13: Um, I I also had talked to Royce earlier and was very surprised that she did not receive the notice about the waitlist being open only for three or four bedroom units. Otherwise, they would have caught it. Um, And so not receiving sufficient notice about key decisions and not doing what was agreed to will only continue, in my mind, to erode the trust between MHA and Resident Council. And MHA and the Resident Council, um, as they proceed with the issuance of the RFQ and the process to select and hire a developer for the revitalization of Golden Gate Village, that trust is critical. Um, And actually, I think it will be key to the success of the revitalization project. So I I hope that there's some diligence around this and it doesn't happen as frequently as it is happening now.
2: The next speaker is Eva, please unmute.
12: Thanks, Um, I just wanted to point out there was some discussion of um, the black community as a protected class. And I wanted to just expand on that a little bit. Um, it's one of the points of Andrew Carl's uh, book, The Land Was Ours, that, um, that black farmers and black families who lived on these coasts were, whether they were a protective class or not, they were a protective class. Uh, that is that their farming uh, methods and their lifestyles uh, were so much uh, kinder to the land and more responsible. Um, and this, is, this is echoed um, in uh, in another book called *Undercurrents of Power*. But it's, I think it's something that we should keep in mind uh, when we're talking about these things because it's it's not just that you know we have a responsibility um, toward protected classes, but we should acknowledge that these protected classes, in many cases, have been protective classes.
2: Thanks.
4: I would just like to reiterate that everyone on the wait list will get this preference um, if it's approved so everyone currently there's 400 so if we don't even open the wait list tomorrow or two weeks from tomorrow um, everyone the 464 people who are currently on our wait list will get this preference if it is approved so one bedrooms two bedrooms and the and I guess that's all we have right now is one and twos, so um, that is a, that's really separate from us opening our waitlist. Opening our waitlist or closing our waitlist is really just a, a function of the housing authority; it doesn't take approval. That's part of our um, that is part of our ACOP that you've already approved in previous in previous meetings. So this is just a function. We're we're planning to open the waitlist uh, tomorrow. It was we did notify the two hundred. We did. We do have women helping all people on that list, so I don't know how that got missed. We will make sure that we are. When we can always extend the wait list if we want to keep it open, we're allowed to do that as well. But for right now, it is planned to be open for two weeks. So it starts tomorrow through May nineteenth. May nineteenth. So it's a month. We're keeping it open for a month. Yeah.
9: Oh
4: wait, Wait. no, May third. Sorry, I'm I'm confusing it with Vivilyn. Yeah.
0: Yes.
3: I, and just one quick follow-up, um, it is a lottery, correct? When, um, when when a unit is available, you'll look at the highest points on the list and pull a lottery from there. So whether they sign up the first day that the wait list opens or the last day, it doesn't impact the individual's ability to get into uh, housing, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. wonderful. Thank you.
0: I, I just had a follow-up question about uh, this looks like a HUD-specified preference process, and does this idea of protected class come into a, this HUD process? It, 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 I couldn't tell.
16: I, I don't. I don't have that information. Okay. Well,
0: let's look at that and bring it back. It, it seemed like it was outside of that, but I'd like some clarification on it. And then on the uh, fact that uh, women helping all people did not receive the notification. So on our end, we, we mailed it out and we just don't know if they received yeah, it. Yeah, I don't
16: know why they wouldn't have, it went to the okay, correct but that's, address. But
0: that mm-hmm. could be what happened, lost in the mail or mm-hmm. something like that. So may, maybe we can figure out a way, let, let, let's figure out a way to tighten up our processes going forward so that these groups, we confirm they receive it, so. Okay, with that, uh, I believe we're being asked... Can I just ask one quote sure. clarifying? Was it, yeah. are,
1: are we doing it by U.S. mail or are we doing it by email? Okay.
7: So then in the future, I, I, just like how we discussed before, just to follow up one more time, let's make sure that we do the door-to-door slips and the mail in every way we can do.
0: Okay, so with that, we've been asked to approve the revived preferences in the admissions and continued occupancy plan. Uh, I would entertain a motion. So move. Thank you, is there a second? Thank you. Uh, Motion by Rodoni, second by Hall. All in favor? Aye. Okay, thank you. That passes unanimously. And uh, last action item, adopt the resolution 41 2023 to approve the schedule of allowances for tenant purchase utilities for public housing participants and I hope we get an explanation of what this is uh, for our new board members.
4: Yes, oh right, there are new board members I'm explaining. Uh, I have asked uh, Nick Z-Zo to, as our, our CFO. He really manages this process every year so I wanted him to be able to come and explain it and, and uh, talk about this item.
3: Hi, good afternoon, uh, commissioners. Uh, This is an annual routine item that uh, I'm presenting. Um, So based on uh, Code of Federal Regulation 24 Part uh, 965, uh, public housing authorities are required to establish utility allowance rate and uh, on uh, on an annual basis to conduct a Uh, utility allowance um, analysis to reflect any uh, significant change to the utility allowance cost. And the the significant is defined by HUD as 10% uh, as the threshold, uh, meaning that if it's over 10% increase, housing authorities are required to reflect the change in the uh, utility allowance calculation. If it's under, that is optional. but it has been the, the practice of the Marine Housing that we do this every year. We review the uh, utility loans every year and uh, you know make the changes as necessary. Um, utility loans will be um, deducted from the tenant rent um, once once the rate is approved by the board. Uh, marine Housing has uh, uh, contracted with uh, Johnson Control International to conduct the annual utility allowance uh, study, and based on the most recent analysis they did last month, uh, they have proposed the new utility allowance rate, and we have internally reviewed the rate, and we have um, uh, confirmed that that's the, um, the rate that we're presenting to the board for approval. Um, there's, there's going to be no physical uh, impact on the housing authority, because the utility allowance cost, the increasing cost will be um, reimbursed to the housing authority through the uh, an, annual operating subsidy uh, submission um, process that's done annually, and uh, the the resident will benefit from this um, uh, increase of the, house, uh, the utility allowance, uh, you know, in a form of deduction to their uh, monthly rent. And th- and this this uh, utility allowance uh, increase or change, uh, once it's approved, will be uh, effective July first this year, 2023.
4: And a- as you'll see from the from the schedule, it, it breaks it down from um, our our um, Golden Gate Village high rise, low rises are different, and then each of the uh, properties is is different as well. So some of the properties are electric and gas and some are just electric and and so uh, that's that's all broken down and then the way this gets implemented so it gets effective july 1 but we don't uh, make it effective for each resident until their annual recertification so every year we have to do a, a an annual recertification for each household and so the new utility allowance is takes effect with that next with your next annual recertification so if a family has a july Um, annual recertification date it will become effective July if it's not till January it won't become effective to January till that family so it's a, a rolling effective date for our participants
0: so Kimberly can you walk us through an example of how this actually works for our tenants and what I mean by that is I see the numbers on your table but are the residents paying uh, two hundred and eighteen dollars for electric in a one bedroom at Golden Gate Village and being re- reimbursed for this, or are we paying that? Or how, how does this actually work?
4: So how it works is families have to pay thirty percent of their their adjusted annual income as their rent. So say that rent three hundred dollars. Uh-huh. That their rent would be three hundred dollars. Then we take the utility allowance and say the utility allowance is two hundred. Then what happens is you deduct the three hundred from the two hundred, so the rent is actually becomes one hundred. So, does that make sense?
0: Yes. So, it, it,
4: it, so instead of you, the resident having to pay two hundred, they're paying one hundred, and then because they're, they're the utility allowance, and Kathleen is really more of the. Am I explaining that right? Yes.
14: Okay. So, in other words, the tenant is out of pocket. 30% of their income, whether it's applied to the rent or utilities. Yes.
4: Good way of saying Yes.
14: So there's, this,
0: there's a cap for this? I mean, uh, on um, what they're paying with the new allowance that's made. I guess I'm
4: There's no cap. Um, so so if, if a person may, if, the, if their rent was going to be 300 now they're only paying 100 but presumably that allowance then is helping them pay their utility allowance with the 200 that we're giving them? Um, if their utility allowance is only 100 or if they use go to Lee Heap and do the, do the program through Community Action Marin to get the CARES program for low-income families, they're, they're, it could be $50. And so they're actually not having to pay. They're only paying $50 to utility, but they're still getting the credit of the 200
0: So our tenants are paying their own utilities.
4: Yes, all the tenants pay their own utilities. They're getting a
0: credit on their rent for the value of those utilities okay I get it now other questions
14: just one observation If I'm, I'm assuming that these um, allowances are based on what you're seeing from property to property is the average cost to heat cook whatever um, across units and so what these rates are telling me is that Golden Gate Village because of it, the state it's in in terms of windows, insulation, what have you, is not a very efficient building. Yeah, compared to some of the other ones. Yes. Right, so and that that renovation should actually address some of that in terms it, of at yes. least energy efficiency.
4: Well, and a really good example of that is when we do a new building, for instance, for Vivalon, we they have a, a, an energy, a green energy utility allowance. So their allowance is much less because they're doing, they're doing energy efficient building and for a prop- property that the age of Golden Gate Village or some of our other properties, it's um, it's a lot. You know, the utilities are 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 the allowance is much higher.
0: Thank you. If there's no other board questions, let's go to public comment. No. Are we opening to public comment, please? I see one hand raised.
2: The first speaker is George McLemore. Please unmute.
15: It was, um, as you moved on to, to this, I'll wait for a uh, public expression as it relates to um, what Luke, I mean, what Eric had said as it relates to the waiting list, so I'll wait. Thank you.
0: Okay, Royce. All right.
2: Presentable Peters and no additional speakers in the queue.
0: Thank you, so we are looking for a motion to adopt Resolution 41-2023 to approve and authorize the use of the schedule of allowances. Second. Okay, that was motion by Kanson, second by Rice. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposition? That carries unanimously. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. That uh, now uh, leads us to a public open time for uh, expression, and uh, we'll go online now for anyone who wishes to address the board. Oh, I'm sorry, let's go to in chambers first, and then we'll go online.
10: Good afternoon again. Um, My comments here are not uh, anti-law enforcement at all, but pertaining to the recent uh, community conversations in Marin City regarding law enforcement, should there be a larger presence? Um, Felicia, of course, did a uh, um, survey and all this energy into, you know, come back with information pertaining to Golden Gate Village, should there be a large larger presence of law enforcement? Many came back with uh, no. The presence of law enforcement in Run City At Golden Gate Village, as it stands, is already large. It's already in your face. We see it. A former resident of GGV, myself. They're constantly there. Um, With that said, myself, many others have been discussing the partnership that MHA and the county has with other counties with housing. um, I asked you this before. You didn't respond. Housing. Uh, dangerous witness protection families in Marin City. You have partnerships with other counties, as I just said, that house witness protection families in Marin City. I don't think you're housing these residents in Corte Madera, Larkspur, uh, Kent Woodlands. I highly doubt that you're housing people in East Corte Madera, these other neighborhoods. So we want to know what this partnership looks like. We're going to contact Ms. Fregoli, and you guys will have a meeting. Some information is private. We want to know what this program looks like. Mr. Lucan, you stated uh, in the beginning of your you know, tenure here that you're about equity and all these good things. We want to know what this looks like, and uh, why, are, why is is City t- take the brunt of witness protection families? which often brings danger into Marin City. So I will contact you soon, you, Ms. Carol, and we wanna discuss what that looks like. Thank you.
0: Let's go online to comments.
2: The first speaker is Royce McLemore, please unmute. Uh, yes, I wanna say again
15: uh, that Public housing, and I sit on the Resident Advisory Board, and it has not changed, nor come to that board. It's date on the waiting list for public housing, not section eight. It's based on date and time. That is three people turn in their thing, maybe one a minute after the other. It's supposed to be stamp dated, date and time and that's how they do uh for equal preferences now for kimberly to say no it is uh it's lottery She's mistaken mistaken and i would you know ask her to to look up the a cop and what it says and i can understand because she wasn't really a part of uh the resident advisory board during those period of time, but that doesn't mean that it's been changed without going through the due process. So uh, again, it is date and time for public housing, not lottery. Look it up. I request your staff to look it
2: up. Thank you.
0: Into it, Royce.
2: President Mo Peters. There are no additional speakers in here.
0: Okay. That's the end of public open time. I want to thank everyone for their participation. Thank our staff, the board, and with that we are adjourned. Thank you. Thank you for your comments about marketing and other things you said. I was